Welcome everybody to the Spawn of Me podcast. This is your host, Khalif Adams. This is episode 99 of our show. I am joined this week and every week with my man, my mellow, the smooth kind of fellow, the other dude from the other side of Bracago, Cicero, that dude, Holmes. How are you, sir? I got 99 problems, but Bracago ain't one. Hit me. Uh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I should have said I have 99 episodes and they're all in Chicago, but that wouldn't have worked. I don't yeah, think. Yeah, that really would not have worked. No. That would have been a weird, weird kind of stretch to hit. Right. I don't know how yeah. you get there. Exactly. Which is why I did the one before. I'm fucking brilliant. That was very, very good. Thank you. Thank nice you. Thank you. Done. Thank you. And we are joined as well with the other man from the other side of Chicago. Are you from the north or south quadrant? Are you like above the wall or below the wall? Man, I'm like kind of like resting right in the middle, just yeah. laying down, like with my feet up. Mm-hmm. He's he's doing he's doing the the Andrew Bynum uh, NBA live <laughs> yeah, <podcast. exactly. laughs> in, in the like, middle of Bracago. Like we have Sharif Jackson pose. <laughs> <laughs> doing the Jesus pose. Sharif Jackson of SharifJackson.com. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. I got nine nine problems, and Cicero is every damn one of them. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Every God, single right. one. Yeah. God damn. They can't be God. solved. Can't be solved. Oh, he's an enigma inside of a chalupa. Right. That's what it is. <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> so, so see, how was your week? How's uh, the week's been the week's been great, man. Um, you know, there uh, big things are, are uh, coming, as uh, you guys may have noticed this week. Um, your boy is, you know, he'd be writing, he'd be doing that writing thing. And uh, you may have seen an article from uh, yours truly on that website called Operation Sports, the definitive uh, website for all of your sports video game needs. So I feel like once you announce something like that, you need a Vuvuzuela. Yes. Nate, <laughs> no. <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> isn't, that isn't that the sound? Um, so, quite. It's, yeah, it's like, you know, sitar, vuvuzela. <laughs> but yeah, oh, but, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, so I am uh, officially a staff writer for Operation Sports. And uh, I'm very excited to have my first article um, up and out in the open for everyone to read and peruse. Uh, And hopefully you guys read it and you liked it. People don't understand. If you are in the sports gaming world, you have to understand just how big this is for for C to be down with with an outlet as such. Uh, so we have to definitely give you massive love for that because that's 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 big things, man. That's big things. Thank you, thank you, man. Yeah, congratulations. Really yeah, really appreciate it. And you know, um, yeah, I want to I want to thank uh, I want to thank both of the, the two of you for believing in me. Um, uh, Ka actually uh, was the one who hit me up and hit me to what was going on over there, and uh, and also um, I would be remiss if I didn't shout out. Um, our friend and Chicago resident Rich Grisham, who um, mm-hmm. really, really got the ball rolling, and uh, so you know, if you guys have uh, read my stuff on Hit the Pass, don't worry um, that you will still be reading my stuff on Hit the Pass, but you'll also be able to read my stuff on Operation Sports. So yep. there will be different, different articles, different types of articles, um, but I'll be writing for both for both outlets. That's, That's good stuff, man. That's super, yeah. super dope. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Reef, what's been going on with you this week? 
Man, I've been watching videos of the dunk contest over and over. Word um, <laughs> um You know, I literally have been doing that. Um, and and uh, yeah, man, just you know, it's it's been a, a good week. You know, I uh, started a new job, so congrats. So, um, thank you. Yeah, so uh, kind of getting used to all that stuff. I started it on Wednesday, which means Monday and Tuesday were the first times I was home during the day in I don't even remember how long, you know, <laughs> because I'm not counting vacation because I usually was out doing something. And when I was sick, I was in the bed. So it was like the first time I was like just home, like, can I just go to this place for lunch? Like, <laughs> like, can I just go to the post office at 1 p.m.? Like, are they going to be open? You know, like just weird things that I haven't had to think about before. So I was able to like, so like run a bunch of errands um, and play a bunch of games as well, which I will, which I will be talking about soon. Um, but yeah, yeah, man. So it, it like has been a good week and the new job so far is looking all positive. Dope, yeah. dope, dope. I'm happy about that because it seems like you, you're like digging the vibe right now and everything seems to be going really well. So that's good. I'm digging the vibe until they find out about this podcast, y'all. Right. <laughs> all the things that no, you no, say. No, no. Actually, my on on my first day, like my boss said, hey, so, so during the interview process, I went to your website and saw you dressed as a Klingon. That was awesome. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, that's great. That's so, I was, awesome. so I was like, "All right, I got nothing to worry about here." Right. <laughs> right. Good. That's good. That's good. When people like co-sign your nerddom, that's pretty right. cool. Yep. Right. Um, what about uh, you? I am, man? Bask- I am basking in the afterglow of our wonderful show that we did with Jessica Condit. Yes. Yes, man. Shout out to Jessica Condit, yeah. who is fucking phenomenal and awesome. Uh, and thank her for, for being on the show and, and for everyone for listening to that show. Uh, we had a lot of fun having that conversation with her. Um, I'm getting ready to go uh, do my hula dance on the island of Kauai. You, I'm going to be up out of here. You getting my macadamia nuts. I want some macadamia nuts. Yeah. I had so many things I could say in that. Right. Right. I'm not but, going but to. What also, you should say is yes. Also, make make sure that you eat all different forms of spam. Yes. Like if you see something spam on yeah. a restaurant menu, eat it. It's right. good. Yes. Is it really? Yes. Oh, yes. Seriously. Yes. It is excellent. Yes. I mean, I like I like spam. No, I mean, I it like is spam. like it's the different. real there. Yeah, it's different in Hawaii. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. Man. I heard. That, I heard. Like. I heard. Like Kentucky Fried Chicken is different in Jamaica. No, Kentucky Fried Chicken I, is I different know. in Kentucky. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. What is it? It's like good. Yeah. No, I've. <laughs> I've actually heard that I think Popeyes in Louisiana is supposedly like high the end best chicken. Popeyes. Like if you go to like a Popeyes in like the New Orleans area, like it's, it's like white linen service. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> actually, it, actually, do you do you remember that? I don't even know where this was in Manhattan, but I remember when when I was younger. I remember I went to, and it's not the Times Square McDonald's. I remember going to a McDonald's that was like all glass on oh, the outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that was on like that was it was like um fifth and it was it was basically like Rockefeller Center. Yeah, and yeah. The, and yeah. they had waiters. Right, yes. Oh, it was yes. like but yes. it was the same it was like food. The fifties, yes. I do remember that. You could get a McDouble brought to you and cut into quarters. 
Um, <laughs> by, by, yeah, by and, and then you get some, yeah. you get some make right. bullets that right. would come flying right. past you when you go to the. Right. <laughs> I think I remember getting like an Arch Deluxe there. Right. <laughs> oh was, my god! I was a fan of the Arch Deluxe, man. I oh felt fancy god. with that sandwich. Uh, the fancy Arch sandwich. Deluxe. <laughs> yeah. We talk a lot about fast food on right. the show. It's right. ridiculous. Yeah. A lot of a, unre- a lot of a lot about McDonald's fast food too. Um, good yeah, I know. Arch Deluxe, dude. Hey. Yeah, yo, what's up, y'all? I mean, they're only right up the street from me. They should. Uh, I mean, they should get at your boy. I mean, when you grow up in the inner city, you always have a, a, a or some some kind of relationship with McDonald's, either good or bad. Yeah, because like, they're because they're everywhere. The, yes, they are. The ubiquitous. funny thing was, my relationship to McDonald's was more was was more in the vein of the Warriors than less than anything else. It was the it was the meetup spot if you ever had a fight. Mm. <laughs> it was like yo, if you yo, if you go, if you get run up on. Yo, everybody meets at the McDonald's. Everybody <laughs> meet up at Mickey's. Every meet up at Mickey D's because that was like a safe spot that you could run to without having to worry about people trying to run mm. up in there and try to beat you up. Right. Yeah. But not the White Except Castle. <laughs> no, because the people in White Castle didn't give a fuck and they'd let you fight. Yeah, in White exactly. Castle. They, they just hide behind that bulletproof glass and be like, <laughs> go right ahead. <laughs> Throw it. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfuckers would be in the back of the room throwing chicken rings at people. Like, get out! Get out! Get out! Get out of the store! Get out of the store! Oh, get out! Get out! Get out! Anyway, we are horrible human beings. Okay. Oh my god! Is is It's like how to survive in South Central. Right. Rule number one: right. run to Mickey D's. Yeah. Rule number two: chicken rings. Anyway. <laughs> um, anyway, um, we have a lot of cool stuff that we're going to talk about this weekend. I know uh, this weekend. This this show. Um, we got some good feedback actually about exactly what we're going to do this show and which is talk more about games actually we're going to talk a lot about some stuff that we've been playing uh, talk about um, lots of things that are going on in the front and second side of the show Um, and I guess we can start off with um, we're going to start off with Paragon actually Um, so a lot of folks uh, thank you for listening and checking out the video that I put up on our YouTube channel definitely check that out um, where I gave a little bit of an overview about <clears throat> my experience at the Epic um, Epic Studios uh, when I went down to North Carolina and got a chance to play Paragon for the first time on PS4. Um, I went into a little bit of kind of just like what some of my first impressions were and, and a little bit of the community stuff, but I want to expound, expound on that a little bit and and talk about kind of the things that I really dug about what they're doing and also some of the kind of systems that they're trying to implement. Um, there are some things I can't discuss uh, because one, they're under NDA still, and two, they aren't fully fleshed out from the developer standpoint. So they didn't want to necessarily talk about those things in depth. Um, they did give us some, a little bit of a, an overview on some of those things, but they didn't really uh, say that we could talk about those things specifically. So I will not talk about those things until we get word that we can. Um, but Again, it was awesome. Uh, thank you to KL Smith and, and Steve Superville and Will Kunstler, uh and all those folks down, Nick Chester, all those folks down from uh, Epic for, for having me down and putting me up and, and doing all that cool stuff uh, so I can definitely check out the game. Um, it was amazing to kind of get into the studio and sit and hang out and, and get hands on with it. Um, the game looks gorgeous. It's one of the prettier games you'll see, you'll see on PS4. Um, even at this alpha state and everything that you've seen so far has been in an alpha state. Um, any gameplay that I put up, uh, anything, any videos you see the community folks putting up is all alpha stuff. Um, but it plays really well on PC. PS4 was the reason I went down there was we wanted to kind of understand what was going on in that space because 
for MOBAs, there aren't really a lots of offerings besides the Smite beta that just is uh, getting put on PS4, uh, Gigantic, which is going to be put on Xbox One. And are there any other well, MOBAs? Smite's, are... Smite's been around on the Xbox for about a year now. Cor- correct, correct, correct. So, so Smite, Smite has been out for, like you said, in, right. for the past year. Um, but but the MOBA space is still kind of new to um, these platforms oh, yeah. where you don't see that happening at all on uh, on console because it's very click heavy. It's very mouse and, and controller heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, the cool thing about this game is, one, the community stuff that they're trying to implement into this game by really going in and asking folks who would be their potential customers to kind of give them some pre pre heads up about things that they're thinking about was phenomenal during the time that I was there. When I, when I said it was like a mini GDC in the video, it truly felt like that. We had lots of time, uh, lots of time where we could pull the developers ears and say, Hey, here's the thing that I saw in the play test that I think you might want to address. Here are some conversations that I know that are happening in other MOBA spaces that I think you should definitely check out. And here are some other parts of the, the, the system that we should be discussing in real ways. Um, I think I think some of the other parts of that um, are really important because with a game like this, you're going to have a lot of barriers to entry. You're going to have a lot of stuff where nomenclature for people because I'm a I'm basically a noob. I haven't played MOBAs at all, really. This would literally be my first MOBA in a real way. Uh, MOBA, uh, I forget what the actual uh, definition of a MOBA is, but it's but it's but it's like League of Legends and um, games like that and. Um, what is what are the other ones? See, yeah. I, I always forget off the top of my head. So um, the the big ones are League and and Dota two, um, and and now Smite is really becoming a real player in in, in the space, especially on um, on on the console side. But uh, right. MOBA stands for uh, massively online, massively online battle arena, or multiplayer online battle arena. I'm not sure what the M is. It's one of those two. Um, yes. Multiplayer, yeah, you got it. Yes, yeah. yes, multiplayer. Okay, yeah. So, so this being my first MOBA or kind of foray into that genre, I was like, what are the things I'm going to have to learn, um, and what are the things that I'm going to have to be as takeaways as a, as a super noob in, in one of these spaces? And you know, a lot of those kinds of concerns were brought up by me and other folks during the during the event of saying, you know, this game is already going to appeal to a very specific crowd. How are you going to bring in new people? And their answer was, we basically want to have you guys be the folks who kind of disseminate some of that info through your gameplay videos. And, we'll, and what we want to do is we want to help you um, kind of be there to back you up and, 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 and give you things that you may need to kind of one, help us promote our game and to help, help you kind of teach the community while, while the game is out and, and live. So that I thought was really interesting and, 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 and coming from a very um, kind of cool place Um Another thing that you'll notice about this particular game is that most MOBAs are, are kind of based on this very flat plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because this, this MOBA is in kind of a, a more action-oriented third-person action camera one, so the camera is basically like over your, over your right shoulder. Right. In, in kind of almost the Gears of War style uh, thing because they are epic. Um, it, it gives a really different tone. It gives a different pace. It gives a different kind of tactical advantage because you have um, you have your map and you have basically what they call lanes. So lanes are you know you have a top lane, a middle lane, and a right lane, uh, a left lane. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And those lanes have towers that you're trying to kind of move your way through and kind of take over these specific parts of the map while you're having this battle in between, this chess match, uh, a battle of attrition that you're having in between those spaces. So, um, you know, you're doing all that from this third-person perspective where things are very different, where you can be on top of a, of a, of a, of a piece of terrain, and now you have a tactical advantage because the other uh, the mobs that they have, the creeps, can't get to you. They will come up and follow you, but they mm-hmm. usually can't get to you. <clears throat> but you can shoot down on a, on an enemy at a different angle than you would on a normal bait on a normal um, MOBA because MOBA, MOBAs are usually top down in an isometric kind of uh, right. camera perspective. <clears throat> so it, it's small things like that that are bringing something very different to the table. Uh, in this particular game that I think is really going to be compelling in a console in a console space uh, that'll kind of bridge the gap in a, in a lot of different ways. So um, th- there's a lot of other stuff that's in there. They have this new card system that they're doing uh, that's going to basically basically be like, a, you know, your powers are, are, are going to be connected to these in very specific ways because you have all these abilities that are kind of on your triggers and all your buttons and they're all timed out like if you were to play a, no- a normal kind of MOBA. Um <clears throat> Um, but the way that you build out these things is, is going to be very specific because you're going to be able to build decks that are going to be kind of um, consistent with how you want your character to play. So characters are going to be kind of based on what they have mana and power and, and different kinds of different uh, attack abilities. And you'll be able to kind of play your character differently from moment to moment. So uh, you you'll be able to be a, a kind of what they call a DPS, a, de- a damage per second kind of a person that does a lot of damage over time. Right. Or you can, or you can kind of play the hybrid game where you can do a little bit of this and a little bit of that, depending upon the cards that you collect over the time that you're using it and stuff like that. So, so lots of really smart, small things in there. Uh, so a question for you, it, you're talking about this mm-hmm. card uh, section. Would that be similar to Hearthstone? Would that be something that, would be an analog to what uh, what what they're doing over at, on Paragon. Not in the same way where it's uh, where Hearthstone has very specific like character based cards that, right. that do very specific things. Like these are kind of like an overarching pool of cards that we where you'll gain more in kind of different variations on some of those cards. Some are more rare than others, and some play more to towards your skills and your benefits of your. Um, you know, if you're a a, um, a power power character versus a, a kind of tech character or something to that effect, if I'm not mistaken, I may be saying those those delineations wrong, but mm-hmm. it, it it's a way of uh, giving everyone a, 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 a balanced play field, but then letting them use the the cards that they have to kind of spec out their characters towards their strengths and, and then building on other ones where they may be lacking a little bit of. So um, yeah, it's, it's kind of yeah, cool in that way. Yeah, I get the sense that it's like. Um Titanfall, um, even Rise of the Tomb Raider, where like you get a bunch of cards that can modify the game in some way, like uh, you get ten percent more of this, or you get mm-hmm. you know like right. this thing that can apply for thirty seconds or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So, so I think it's more like that um, in terms of how the cards are used. Yeah, it's 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 you're starting you're starting your character off with a base set of stats, and you're basically boosting those stats up throughout the match, right? So you you start off with a mm-hmm. specific a specific particular card that'll give you more damage but then you can upgrade that card up to three times and then you'll get a a a different stat that's a bonus stat connected to that one thing that's a passive thing that you have on your card so 
uh, for instance, like I do like 10% damage or something like that. I stack three more damage cards. So I'll get another, you know, 30% plus whatever that card's bonus was. And then you continue to do that throughout the match through these cards that you through these points that you get throughout the match for doing specific things like killing people, mm-hmm. killing mobs or killing towers or things like that. Um, the thing that kind of sets this apart is the the variation on the characters is so vast that, that it feels so different. So you can really pick a character. And I guess League does this really, really well is you can pick a character towards a very specific strength. Like I'll, I'll pick uh, I'll, I'll say Gideon for, for one is a kind of an elemental uh, he's like a, the kind of uh, classic mage character, right? Mm-hmm. Where he has this one move where he will like open up a rift into the sky, and a and a meteor will basically shower down on on players and stuff like that. And then you can be uh, both defensive and offensive because he has like a, a teleport move where he can teleport himself towards an enemy and do some more damage, or back himself out. And then you have this last kind of uh, move where. Uh, he will basically start a rift underneath him and it'll suck everybody in like a black hole and do uh, do a whole bunch of damage. But the way that it works really well is that each character plays really well with other ones. So they, the way that they kind of made the systems is like you don't go into a match just thinking that my character has this very specific thing that it will do and it really is only going to be for this one task. Right. You really start to understand the minutia of how you can build a character towards its strengths thinking about other characters that you can team up with during a battle and knowing how you can do stuff really cool together. So that's something that's very different that I think um, for folks who are not uh, kind of uh, MOBA uh, aficionados don't really think about in those ways, but they're thinking about that in the ways that they are making that game. Um, And it's something that they talked about in a lot of the breakout sessions during during the event was that they're really uh, looking at the space uh, coming at it from a way that is looking at what other MOBAs are doing really well, but also trying to figure out ways that they can capitalize on some of the strengths, uh, some of the strengths or some of the misses that they're that they're seeing in that in that game. So, and I'm thinking about it often. Like I played this, I, I'm in an online test that they have, um, and uh, I'm playing it, and I'm and I'm seeing new things that I'm learning that I'm getting good at. And then when soon as the test is over, I'm really sad because I'm like, I just figured it out. I just learned the thing I need to learn to make my character dope and be and become a really good asset for my team. But now I have to wait until the next test happens. And I'm just like, damn it. I want this thing to hurry up and come out because I now I know what I'm doing and I'm a little bit better at what I was before. Um, And that feels great. Like that feels like something that, uh, you know, for folks who don't understand how to play it, they're going to have to learn. But once they do, it's going to be super rewarding for those folks who like put the time and effort in. So. Yeah. yeah, it's it's the kind of game that I really hope is either, and I know that they probably haven't released this info yet, but it's either like a free game that you pay for, you know, updates or cards or like whatever, or has a really low bar of entry or possibly a demo. Because I mm-hmm. do feel like people will be scared away, just like they're scared away from a lot of RTS games um, because of the, the complexity of them and because on the surface they look like they would take a hundred hours to figure out what you need to do. Uh, but from the way that you describe it, it sounds like even from somebody that, that as you said, is not familiar with MOBAs like that, like you can still have a lot of fun with it, you know, in a decent amount of time. Um, so I really hope that they consider that and that they don't just drop this as a $60 purchase without any way for people to get their hands in it, you know, 
um, and be able to mess around with it a little bit. Well, I, yeah, I, 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 oh, ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I was going to say that it, there, there hasn't really been a precedent for the $60 MOBA. Um, I know, but this is console, though. Well, I, and, and to that point, Smite is, is free to play. So uh, I haven't there. There has yet to be a MOBA. So League of Legends, I believe, is free to play. Dota is yeah, definitely yeah, is. Dota is free to play. Um, Heroes of the Storm is too. Right. Um, so I have I've yet to see a a um, some type of premium, you know, premium price for a for a MOBA yet. So, and, and, you know, again, like I said, smite is free to play. So, um, it would well, be, it would be interesting really if Paragon does decide to put a price on it. Well, let me, let me add this really quickly. Cause I did just double check info that we got from, uh, the PR team and they said, yes, it will be free to play. It'll, uh, oh, sweet. it will be free to play and will remain free to play. Um, there'll be a early access, uh, there'll be paid early access in 2016, uh, spring 2016, and an open beta in the summer of 2016. Um, and get, and cards that you get will be earned through play, so you won't be able to necessarily just buy. I don't believe you'll be able to just buy packs okay. that are like OP packs, right? They I can't buy my packs. exotics. Right. Basically, basically, and, they, and they're talking about being able to kind of craft packs that or craft cards and stuff that that do things yeah. that you desire them to do. So yeah, that's that's what makes Hearthstone cool is you can craft all kind of cool cards. <clears throat> yeah, so stuff like that is good. What's going to really be uh, pushing that game forward again? Like I think, you know, this is going to be a game for for PS4 players specifically that I think will be pretty enough, will be smart enough. Um, and we'll be really good at kind of ingratiating and bringing people into that into that genre that never really thought that it was one that they'd be able to get into before. And the way that they're talking about just building that community up and and and, and sharing info and being transparent and 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 they let us and they let us like grill them about stuff that we had like real concerns about. And we we're like, hey, what are you going to do about you know content creators? Are you going to flag their materials if you don't you know? Uh, if you don't like something that's done or if, you, if they use some kind of uh, copyright copywritten thing in your stuff and you're like, no, we're not going to do that. We know what our, our community wants to do. We know we, Nintendo kind of gets a, a lot of uh, flack for that, but they're like, we're, to- we're not going to do stuff like that because we want our community to kind of grow and do it organically in the ways that we see that this game is going to kind of lend itself to. So I'm super excited about it. Um, and, and I'm hyped for the ability to kind of mess around in it and uh, give a big shout out to the folks at Epic again for, for, for letting me come down and experience it uh, before anybody else and on PS4. So I'm, I'm super happy about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if there's one thing that excites me, it's, as you said, this is Epic. And I think they really know how to make combat situations well. Even though this is a different genre, you know, from Unreal and Gears, you know, like they know how to make an engaging combat like scenario. And I'm hoping that they translate that knowledge and that into, you know, into this game. Like, I think that I can count on the actual combat to be very, very uh, well done. Right. It feels super, super satisfying when you get a kill because yeah. you work like you worked really hard for that kill. 
or you got enough strategy where you had someone cam- come around from a jungle or for or, or come around and, and flank a, a situation and get and help you get that kill in super, super satisfying ways. And it's like I now know when people are like screaming during Dota matches and league matches, like what that <laughs> means now. Like I know why they're doing it because it's like totally strat. Right. OK. Yeah. So so you are now. You're now at a point where you understand what MOBAs are. Do you understand the appeal? Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't understand it before. I think, I think the ability to do it in this kind of action-oriented way is super helpful for me mm-hmm. in particular. Like, I don't know if I'd jump into... <clears throat> I don't know if I would jump into a top-down isometric MOBA at this point. I think right. this is perfect for me in that respect where I know exactly what I'm trying to do. It isn't, it doesn't feel like I'm micromanaging everything in the world, right? which I don't want to do because right. that feels really stressful. Right. That's more of an RTS. Yeah. Right, right, right. And I don't feel like I want to be able to, I don't feel like I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to kind of understand that what my task is, understand that I want to be able to get people together and like group up and do a thing and then have these long battles of, of, of trying to push back and forth, these tug of wars over these, over these like really gorgeous, beautiful, beautiful maps, man. It's like super pretty, uh, even in this early state, super cool stuff. Huh. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and I'm excited for some of the stuff that they're doing with the, you know, we talked about it, um, on, a, a previous show a little bit, but I was still blown away by the fact that when they showed me the video that I thought was all CG, it was totally the stuff that they were running yeah. in their game engine. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then when they showed us some of that stuff at the event, I was like, that's really the stuff. Wow. <laughs> and they were like, <laughs> they were like, yeah, that's really, that's just, that's, that's what we're using for these cinematics. It's like, we're running stuff in engine, we're running matches in engine, pulling out good pieces of it. And then sharing that with the community of like, this is what you can do. That's awesome. And I'm like, that's crazy. Yeah. That's dope. That's, so that's really shout out, shout out to the folks from Epic. Um, we'll be talking about that more in the, in the months to come when things come out and more info comes out and hopefully more um, uh, NDAs get lifted and stuff like that. We'll be able to talk about it more. So word. Um, yeah. So uh, let's go from one PlayStation console exclusive to another PlayStation console exclusive in the form of the recently released. Street Fighter Five, Yatta! Right, everyone's got their just, favorite. Their yeah, favorite. I, see, I, see yours. I was I was gonna try to do the the hurricane kick sound, right. but I really can't do it. Oh shit, Kadukin! He does not say all oh, shit, Hadouken. All oh, shit, Kadukin! Oh, not what he said. I can't oh, hear Yatta. I can't have Yata anymore without thinking about Grand Poo Bear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, Shout out it's, to Grand Poo Bear. Yeah, it's really crazy how like Mario Maker that's become like the default cheer yeah. in Mario Maker yes. now. Like, you beat a hard level. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty yeah. dope. So, what are, what are your thoughts on on Street Fighter Five so far? Uh, Reef. Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, because I don't have yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> that's the reason I didn't nice. say your name. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So, um, so. I for I I had a dilemma. I was like, do I get it on PS4 or PC since it's a crossplay? Um, I don't really think this is a game that'll benefit from PC graphics, but I still wanted to get it on PC because you know that's my preferred platform. You know, if I want to use either my Xbox One or PS4 like controller, um, I could use it. Interestingly enough, I also was curious enough to try it with the Steam controller, um, knowing that they have sort of that 
touchpad D-pad thing. It mm. was horrible. <laughs> oh my god! Like, and I really tried it because I was like, you know what? Maybe because it's touch, maybe this means that the circular motions, you know, that they'll be a little easier. There's just enough delay when you're when you're, when you're using that thing because it has to process, you know, your motions into whatever that. In terms of high level play and playing an actual human being, it's real. You're at a huge disadvantage using it. Is it? Um, is it because like just the like? Because I know it has that like haptic. Yes, I think that's exactly what it is. Okay. Now it is easier to do a uh, spinning pile driver. I'll give him that. Mm, uh, <laughs> and that seems like cheating. It seems like <laughs> such cheating. Yeah, but but um, yeah, so. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I I really enjoyed it on the PC. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of issues with the servers. Um, I haven't been able to log in as much as I'd like, and a lot of games that I played either got disconnected or had tremendous lag in them. Um, but as far as the actual like go into training or go into the you know really weak uh, story mode, um, the actual fighting I really like. Um, I really like how it seems like the characters have been somewhat simplified. Like like the V trigger, like the reversal and the supers, you know. Well, well, the the V trigger and the reversal are pretty much the the same for everybody. Mm-hmm. So you so you press the medium kick, medium punch, and 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 the high punch and like high kick. Um, so I really like that. Um, it reminds me of you know of some of the changes that they made in like Mortal Kombat X to kind of say, hey, if if you learn this move with like one person, you could do a similar one with another person right um mm-hmm. so so like i do like that um i mean the graphics are great um it's street fighter so i should have expected that i would have some issues with the way women are represented in the game um but i was hoping that after you know after my mortal Kombat experience and being really happy with uh with uh, cassie cage and jackie briggs and stuff that street fighter would kind of catch up and unfortunately hasn't um um I, I there's definitely some stuff that i'll talk more about in the game what's good video that i'm putting together on it um but all in all the actual if you look at it at a mechanical fighting game like the actual mechanics are good um and i while i think that free fighter 4 i did enjoy the focus system i think more than this but i know that that was a lot harder for people to get into to anticipate hits instead of blocks all the time um, mm-hmm. so I understand why they made that change and, you know, and if you really want that, you can just use like, like a Ryu because his uh, V move is a parry. Um, but it just feels empty and incomplete. Um, th- the story modes are a joke. Um, the fact that there's no straight up arcade mode, which I thought when I first read that, like critique, I was like, well, that's not really a big deal. But then after playing it for a little bit, I was like, no, this is kind of a big deal. Yeah, it's a huge deal. <laughs> like, I can't deal. just go and just play every character and have some semblance of, you know, winning the game. Like, it's just a little weird. Um, so, yeah, I like, kind of had a mixed experience with it. Like, But I'm really trying to give it every shot. Um, I do think that it probably shouldn't have launched at $60, um, given that, you know... Um, but then again, I do think of games like Splatoon, which also had a great mechanical base, but did launch without a lot of features, and they kind of gradually added them over time. Um, I just hope that Capcom does the same thing with uh, this game, since they technically already have your money. 
yeah, so I kind of want to I kind of want to take one of the things that you've alluded to, Reef, and, and talk about that a little at least, and say that yeah, this game released at a premium price of sixty dollars, uh, but it released admittedly not featuring complete. But feature deficient, I guess, would be a, a, a good way to say it. And um, that, you know, it didn't have an arcade mode that they are already have they that Capcom has already come out and said that there are several characters that they were going to release over the, you know, over a an extended period of time to kind of uh, stimulate interest in, in the or, you know, continue interest in the in the in the product and in, in the franchise and, and the release um that there are there are games um you know not like destiny but you know maybe a little like splatoon i think splatoon's a little bit different because it was a, a new ip um so everything that you were doing was brand new um so like you didn't realize necessarily that you were missing some things um whereas with street fighter you you can immediately recognize the um the 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 loss of an arcade mode um you know another game that kind of comes to mind is one of my favorites personally right now which is rainbow six siege um where that game came and the feature set was very very limited um the game itself was incredibly fun there's a lot of strategy there's a lot of of things in there that continue to hit the right buttons in terms of giving you the positive feedback loop to to want to continue to play the problem you know but the problem with the game is that there isn't enough play there um Mm -hmm. you know or, or variety there and they've since come out with the the their first round of dlc of the two new operators and the one new map and and the two new operators are really cool and the one new map is really cool um but again you still wind up you know you still wind up wanting to play the game more than the game will allow you to allow it to be fresh mm-hmm. um so okay. so and you know and I I wonder if Capcom may regret releasing the game with with less features um because of that same kind of f- scenario and feeling uh, especially with especially given to, given the fact that the servers are fundamentally broken um really really great tweet from uh from one of the heads who was it who was it over at Sony um who, uh, was it uh crap it wasn't Shuhei it was uh, crap. It was somebody Adam else. Adam Boys, huh? Adam Boys? No, it wasn't Adam Boys. It was one of the Japanese guys. What's the tweet though? Uh, what's, the, what's so the yeah, tweet? so the tweet was that uh, you know everyone was claiming that they wanted a Street Fighter Alpha, so Street, so Capcom released Street Fighter Five in in an Alpha. State. Oh yeah, that was that was like that parody <laughs> account by. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. oh, the fake Kaz Harai. Yeah. Oh, they, oh, that's yeah. what it was. It was fake Kaz Harai. Yeah, okay. that was a parody account. Oh, okay. All right. Still funny though. Yes, still very, very funny. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so uh, you know, I think that that's that's something that Capcom may be, you know, and it's funny because Street Fighter Four released in a very similar state 
um, where the online was really, really bad and the servers were really, really bad. You know, and, and one of the things that's so frustrating about it is like, so I'm looking at the Twitter account at SV5 server. The, <laughs> yeah. So they just posted something an hour ago that said we're bringing down the servers for three hours on Monday from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. Pacific, which I think is kind of ridiculous. Right. Like, in, like, about 13 hours ago, it's like, matchmaking is resolved. <laughs> like, like uh, there's there just been all these, like, we're bringing this down for several hours, and there's widespread issues. Like, like I, I appreciate for them for being, like, visible with this stuff. And I understand that the first couple of days are going to be rocky. But, I mean, when I first got this game, like, I couldn't even search for someone to play a game with. I knew their fighter ID or whatever. <laughs> and I couldn't even have an online match with someone. Like, I don't know. It, it's just it's just been a messy launch. Yeah. The, the crazy thing is, like, yes, there's, there's a lot of things that are wrong in the system. Like, the, 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 ID, the fact that you can't just use your PlayStation name as your ID when you play is stupid. The, the Street Fighter ID is kind of dumb. The The matchmaking stuff is broken and not really working well. But I think the interesting part is it just gives a lot of props to the folks who are getting it right. So, like, right. the folks from Killer Instinct got it right. right. Shout out to Iron Galaxy. Dave Lang was up. Um, <laughs> and shout out to, like, because they did, they did their free-to-play version of it, and I think it worked fairly well. It's the, I think it was just on, on a platform that a lot of, not, not a lot of people really messed with or had. And also... I have to give a huge shout out to the folks over uh, over at NetherRealm with right. what they're doing with Mortal Kombat, right? Because they had a lot of issues with their. I would say their their this their online system and their online platform worked fairly well, but not in the same way that you needed for competitive people to really like dig it and and get into it the way they needed to. And they're basically revamping their whole online infrastructure right now, doing an online uh, connectivity beta. That they're letting people in, and they're basically going backwards to go forwards. They're like, "All right, we're gonna basically do a GGPO style, which basically like remembers frames and goes back and like recalls those frames and, and pulls you back up." Mm-hmm. Um, and doing that just to make their game better. So, like, kudos to the folks who are doing really cool stuff like that, and like making sure that the community is like really paying attention and can play the game that they that they want to play. So, I'm I'm excited to see that that stuff is happening too. Um, so kudos on them and boo-boo on you, Street Fighter, for not getting yourself together. Right. Well, I, but I, I think, though, that uh, like Reef said, and, and Kai, I don't know what your impressions are of it, is when you actually do get to play, you it enjoy it. Right. You enjoy the fighting aspect yeah. of it. Yeah. Like I can like for the most part, when it's actually working, it feels free, pretty one to one. Like I don't feel yes. like I've had a lot of lag. Um, I don't feel like the like I've been able to not do things that I usually would be able to do mm-hmm. offline. So, you know, good on them on that part. But if you can't get into the match, but like two times in, the, in an hour. Right. <laughs> like and I right. kind of disagree with you a little bit, Reef, about, you know, them taking that three hour maintenance and bringing things down. I'm like, what you really should be doing is pull the whole thing down. Let I mean, if, or, or run like a really skeleton uh, version of the server. So that some people can get on, but just tell everybody, like, look, we're pulling most of the services down so we can, like, put everyone on this and make it work and then give people some mea culpa 
in in their account or give them some swag or give them something that they can use for their uh, like unlock all the unlock the characters unlock unlock a color or something like that unlock Ooh, some, give me some stuff right, right. yeah like uh, do do something in that respect where you give people something back for their troubles because you botched it on the launch so well, I, 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 yeah, I would agree with that number one if this wasn't something that had betas already and number two if it wasn't a company like Capcom that has the resources to, well, I mean, they're not the you know they don't have massive resources, but they know what's coming. Like right, they right. they've been I in the game. Don't, this ain't their first. I, I just I just I can't give them a pass on that. And while I I in the situation they are now, I don't think if they took it all down, they could just fix it. Like I don't think it's an right. issue of time. Mm-hmm. I think it's like they just. In my opinion, they probably you know made that business call and said, "Look, our servers are going to be shitty for a little bit." Uh, but we're not going to, you know, invest in this early on surge that we know is going to drop down. You know, so here's one other thing about that too, that I, that I think people don't understand. And I think this is a conversation that myself and, and Milton from Slavenly Gamer had last night when, uh, I was getting my ass kicked, um, (laughs) was we, we can't discredit or discount the, the, uh, rush that they had to put this out in to get in with Evo. Like that's a thing too. Yeah, where, that is a thing. Like you know, we saw that with the last game uh, that they tried to put out on PS3, that was like kind of rushed out the door a little bit to get into the, whatever the fighting game. I mean, it might have been Evo for last year, and we see what's happening again this year. Where it might be a little bit of that too, where they're like, we got to get this out the door so that we can get this in people's hands, so that when Evo comes around, people aren't just like, there's no game. So that's, that's, that's a good a point thing too. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a part of it. This it's an esports game. We got to have it out. Right. Shout out to Milton, who I stole that from. Good job. Hey guys, this is Milton, host of the Slavonly Gamer Podcast, where I talk all things gaming and nerdy, from anime to zombies and everything in between. You can find me on iTunes and SoundCloud at Slavonly Gamer. What's up, y'all? This is Sharif Jackson, host of Gaming Looks Good, a YouTube series where we focus on diversity in video games, race, gender, and sexuality. Check out the full archive of videos at GamingLooksGood.com. Yeah, listen to his show, Slavonly Gamer Show. Yes, yes. So, Oxenfree. Right. Oxenfree is uh, a game that I'm sure most people have played at this point. Um, and if you I haven't. I think, honest, and if you haven't, I don't know what's wrong with you. Right. You need to go get your game, need to get your game together. Right. Um, <laughs> I, I Honestly, right now, it's on my short list for game of the year. Mm-hmm. You know so what? I, I know that's real. I This is one of those games, at the end of the year, I'm always like, I never want to forget about those early games. I literally wrote this game down in a document and said, don't forget about this game mm. when that onslaught of late late fall, early winter games come out. Like, I don't want to forget about this game because I agree with you. I think, I think this was the best Dawson's Creek tech <laughs> simulator that I've ever seen in my life. It was it was one of those games that when I was like, because all right, we all know how pretty this game was. Like this kind of uh, art style, I didn't expect. And then when I saw it, I was like, "Whoa, this is really cool!" Like I like the way that you kind of did this. Um, the folks over at Night School, 
Um, and it's and it's really crazy just to see how they kind of combined their storytelling elements. Um, the, the small things that I really like are like UI stuff, and and UI stuff for me and HUD stuff is like a geeky thing that I always kind of nerd out about. And they do these really kind of subtle things with with the UI that that bring up your your radio right. in cool ways and stuff like that. That stuff I I, I fucking loved, um, and it totally had some of the best music I've seen in a game in a long time. So uh, I know I know Reef I know Reef you ran through through most of it or you finished it. I did uh, finish. What, what, what are your thoughts on it? I finished it and bought the soundtrack because I agree the music was outstanding. Um, I mean, this was like a playable version of those you know, old, like Super 8 slash Earth to Echo slash mm. even like Stand By Me. Kind of, right. Like this was like the, yep. this was the teen movie of having something crazy happen and going through it and bonding and finding out things. It was awesome. Like I really mm-hmm. felt like I was watching one of those movies, particularly because the, not only the writing, but the performances, the voice acting mm-hmm. performances were mm-hmm. outstanding. Yeah. I mean, like, <clears throat> outstanding as to where I would just walk around sometimes to try to trigger additional <laughs> things. Like, they just <laughs> never ran out of things to say. Nope. You know? I mean, it was amazing. Like, I'm pretty sure they probably blew most of their budget on the voice, but in, in, but I think it was effective. Um, it wasn't a game in terms of, the the idea of the game was not for it to be particularly challenging right. or to be like, you know, f- figure out this random puzzle. I mean, I mean, there definitely were puzzles, but, you know, they were, for the most part, pretty straightforward. But this was a ex- experience game. So this was like right. mm-hmm. you go through the experience and at the end, like, you're like, I changed this person's life or my life is different or this happened. I mean, it was just, I just left that game just so, like, um, happy because I felt like I went through a journey with these, with this group of people that I didn't know four hours ago. Mm. But by the end of it, I felt you know either distance or closer to them, which is why I equate it for to a movie because of the length of it. Right, like it just mm-hmm. felt like that short journey, but you just feel like, yo, I could rock with with uh, with with uh, with, uh, with this character or not. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I really, really loved it. I loved how crazy it got. Um, but it still kind of kept like, l- like the kind of, uh, of like humor and nice sense. Um, I liked that they gave you, you know, they didn't give you too many dialogue options. Most of the time it was pretty simple as to how you answer things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that sometimes what games like Mass Effect or Dragon Age get involved, and I guess they can't really help it because they're largest scope games is that like you have to choose between these three like meaty answers that you mm-hmm. barely have enough time to process like before the timer is up <laughs> um I, I really liked how like you could kind of interrupt people and say stuff like it just i don't know it really they really nailed the environment and the dialogue um and i i felt like i was a teenager like doing dumb shit you know like and just it was it was great it was a great experience yeah, I I definitely have to agree on that. Go ahead, see. Um, you know, uh, I hated it. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, again, what what everybody else is saying, it it really was, and and 
the what it accentuated for me uh, and and a lot of the games that we'll wind up talking about in this segment is is that I'm really starting to find that these are the type of types of games that are my speed that you know time is time is definitely a a hot commodity for me and being able to have an experience that I can pretty much have in one sitting um mm-hmm. and and you know be able to complete it like I can I'm able to complete a movie or a television show it's something that's very very desirable in and some in my gaming going forward there are going to be a few games that are you know gigantic and you know hugely epic and and will take 50 60 hundreds of hours to complete or to to play around in but i don't have a lot of time to involve myself in several of those so right. so being able to have these experiences in you know essentially in a microwave um, is really great. And for that experience to be phenomenal is even better, Um, you know, because there there were a few games that I played that were were really short last year that weren't very good. Um, But this is a game that was particularly short um, that was very good. Like, I mean, this game was was phenomenal. Again, it's it's all about um, experiencing this group of teenagers who go on a trip to this island where they're kind of, you know, the, the in quotes coming of age story and weird shit happens. And it's, it's so much, the, the entire ride is so much fun and the voice acting makes it believable. Like everything about it really, really works. Um, and, and if we, we've already had at least two of those games this year, um, that work on that level. If we get a few more, I mean, this, I would love to see the industry go forward in this, in this way. Yeah, it was, it was really, um, kind of nuts. And I'm happy you, you kind of touched on the like stand by me, uh, kind of, kind of point where I felt like going through this story that I was like, what's the next thing that's going to happen that's going to be really crazy? Mm-hmm. Or what's the next kind of dialogue that's going to really reveal something that I didn't know before that is going to kind of uh, unfold the story or like give you some new tidbits of information about a character that that not only was uh, necessary for the story, but was just like incidental that was kind of cool. You know, and there was a lot of those like little small small bits and pieces of stuff where where the kids were very very different, but they had lots of cool like like you said uh, adolescent angst and and that like Dawson's Creek kind of snappy banter of like talk that should be a little bit over their over their age limit, but but was totally in their wheelhouse. Um, so so yeah, we we start we started off the year really really strong on, on that end. If anybody else has any more oxen free stuff, uh, let me know. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that this game also, I believe it was just Xbox One, but I'm glad that it came to console. I feel like this is the kind of quirky game that you would typically just see on, you know, on some Steam, Mm. uh, Greenlight type thing. But these are the kind of games that, you know, like, even if they're not going to get the promotion that a big AAA gets, I want to see these games on more platforms. Right. I mean, like, this would be an awesome, even like a freaking awesome handheld game yeah you know it's like mm-hmm. 
per- it's like the perfect length. It's the perfect kind of style. Mm-hmm. So I I I really like that. You know that it was on Xbox One. I believe it's planned for uh, PS4 as well. Yeah, later this year. Um, yeah, and 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 like I like played it on PC, and it's also Mac. So right, right. yeah, I would definitely check this one out. Right, and and uh, yeah. So I mean, we've seen at least three games that are like that. That are quote-unquote walking simulators or quote-unquote not a game um, video games recently. So, um, you know, uh, th- there was there was Oxen's Free. We're going to talk about Firewatch in, in a minute. And, and Gone Home was finally released on uh, Xbox consoles uh, just in January. So uh, if you guys haven't played Gone Home, um, you know, go ahead and, and check that game out too because it's phenomenal. Um, and it's it's great to be able to see those games actually come to console and and um, th- to see the curators of the console space actually treating the consoles as um, mediums for for games as opposed to mediums just for a particular style of game or a, you know, Mm. a particular set of, of, you know, styles of games. Mm -hmm. Word. Word. Um, We kind of see that even, even more pushed forward with our friend Yarny, uh, our homie Yarny. Yeezy. Right. Jesus. Yeah. Yo. Yarny is easy. <laughs> See, but the funny thing is if Yarny was made by Kanye, it would just be a bunch of ripped up shreds and ripped up <laughs> ripped up <laughs> ripped up pieces of twine. Right. He would try to sell you uh, unraveled for twenty five hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting in the garden talking shit. Anyway. Um yeah, Unravel. Unravel is uh, is the game that came out from EA. Uh, it's been out oh, for what? Almost like almost a month, maybe. Uh three less, weeks. A little bit less than two, than two, yeah, yeah, two weeks, two, two, three weeks. By the time this is a out, a little bit less than a month. Yeah, yeah if you yeah, count yeah. the EA access, it's longer. But the actual release, I think, is about a week and a half, two weeks. Well, yeah, three yeah. weeks by the time this by this time three this weeks. Is yes. yes, correct. Mm-hmm. So, so we first learned about this game at the E three EA conference, right? Um, it kind of took everybody by storm with the whimsy that it kind of uh, showed everyone uh, on screen. And then also the the developer uh, whose name I'm forgetting currently. Um, Colwood. Who, Colwood Studios. Was yeah. Cold, uh, Colwood, Colwood Interactive. Yeah. Colwood Interactive. But the, I mean, the, the, the name. Uh, of the actual, I like, forgot the uh, dude. He was gotcha. Swedish. Anywho. Yes. But the but the kind of beauty of him getting on stage Bjorn. and talking about his. Jesus. Oh my God! Christ! <laughs> talking, talking about, talking about Jesus, about his his journey of trying to make this game and how this this particular game is is kind of a uh, analogy for that journey of becoming a game de- developer and stuff like that. Um, it, you know, we 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 got a chance to play it. It's been out in the world. Um, you know, I played a little bit of it. You played a little bit of it. Um, see, did you you, get, you got a chance to play a little bit of it? Too, right, right, right. Yeah, I played it. I played it in EA Access. Um, I had planned on going back to it, um, but have not yet. Okay, cool. Uh, so, so Martin Sal uh, Salin is the name of of the dev who who got on stage and rocked his red yarn uh, yarny. Um, see what did what, not see. I'm sorry, uh, Reef. What did you think about uh, Unravel? Man, I'm so torn about this game, man. I'm so torn, like yarn. Like, um, uh, actually, can you tear yarn? Uh, oh, oh, 
God. But um, good evening, ladies and germs. Jesus. But uh, yeah, man, I I love the E3 presentation. I was like, you know, I'm so glad to see a game like this. You know, um, kind of get this kind of limelight in in like E3. Um, I also really enjoyed my time with uh, with a Yoshi's Woolly World, which has a similar aesthetic to this game as well. So like, I was like, cool. It's like another platformer that's kind of using like like the the uh, mechanic of a fabric and that kind of stuff. Um, so when this game came out. You know, I played it. It looks really good. I mean, mm-hmm. it looks kind of like you're playing almost like a screensaver um, because there's a lot of cool little elements in the background. And the fact that you're tiny compared to everything else in the game made me feel like I was playing like a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids kind of right. <laughs> game, yes. Which, yes. which is what I kept thinking about every yes. time I saw this huge bird in the background <laughs> or like a chair <laughs> or uh, something. Um, so it definitely has that going for it. The music is really good as well. The main problem I had with this game is that I just didn't feel like it was a strong platformer. Um, mm. I did not feel like the controls were really tight. There were a lot of times where I got frustrated because I couldn't make a specific jump. And it I felt like it was because of the controls because I felt like I was doing the right thing. Um Either the either it might be either they simply didn't work or they just had a mechanic that I think is not um, sensible to the, to the average person. Um, I also thought that um, it needed something else while you were playing. So one thing that we talked about during Oxenfree is like how even when you were retraversing the same areas, they had new dialogue come up or right. something new in the background. Um, you, you know, um, in like a game like uh, Yoshi's Woolly World, there isn't quite dialogue, but there's but like the enemies are always doing something weird or cute or like funny. And Unravel doesn't really have a lot of that. Like it's just you for maybe eighty five percent of the time, mm-hmm. and that to me just got kind of boring. Um, to be honest, um, the most excited that I got during the game was I think on the fourth world you start getting chased by this like crazy i don't know what it is like a groundhog or something <laughs> um and like and like i was so excited because aside from like some crabs on the third level this was like the first kind of character that i interacted with that actually seemed to have some kind of personality now that personality was trying to destroy me uh <laughs> but it was still like a personality and i felt like that's really what the game um, lacks is it has personality for Yarny and personality for the world, but for me, Percy, that's not really enough. Like, there has to be mm-hmm. other things in that world to interact with that evoke that same kind of interest as I do from uh, from um, the from the uh, protagonist. So I kind of got down on it. I mean, like after that fourth level, um, I kind of you know just stop playing. I mean, I'll most likely go back to it. But I had some other betas come up and some other stuff. And, you know, I had enough time to play it. And I just kind of stopped after that fourth world. Yeah, I didn't. I I played about 30 minutes of it and then put it back down. And that's usually not the way I it's it's usually not the way that I kind of consume stuff. But it, it, it felt like you said, um, 
Like, it didn't feel tight enough. And it's interesting because you remember when Little Big Planet came out and people were like, the jumping feels wrong? Yes. Right. And that was like an overarching thing that was kind of the, the kind of, you know, Achilles heel of the Little Big Planet series was that there was that part of it. it Yarny had a little bit of that, but like, unlike Little Big Planet, they had more stuff to do that would like kind of compensate for some of the misgivings yes. of the jumping and stuff. And Yarny didn't feel like, even in the small amount of time that I played it in, it didn't feel like it had enough things in it to kind of pull me in. And it was, it was like the whimsy enough wasn't, wasn't enough. The music is great. It looks pretty. It looks like a freaking moving a life, a, a, a moving diorama, but it, but it's not, um, it didn't have enough stuff to like make me pull towards it as a, as a way of like, pulling away from it in a lot of ways so um i may go back to it i'm hoping that it'll it'll find a spot in my rotation but there are too many other things right now that are consuming my time of things that i'm like seriously like i really want to play that yeah um that's taking that that took that 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 game time spot so what uh see yeah i um i feel a little different from you guys about the game while still agreeing um with your your main points. The platforming in the game is is really suspect. Um, it's not done particularly well. Um, but I have been I've been seduced by the charm to at a at, at a certain level of the game itself, and and I you know I kind of want to go back, and I just wanna I want to see what story they have to tell, and mm. as long as the platforming doesn't really get in the way. Like there are there are a couple of instances, obviously, uh, that that Reef was kind of alluding to, and and we spoke about them, he and I, offline, where I was like, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. That part is difficult, and it is kind of it's it's difficult to see what it is that you have to do. Um, the platforming in itself is is a little problematic. Um, but you get through it and, and, you know, and that's, that's kind of where you are with it. And, and it is a little bit, it is disappointing to kind of say that you have to get through the platforming to kind of get to the story. Um, but you kind of, you know, if you want to, that's kind of what you're going to have to do. You're not going to, if you wind up getting this game and the game is only 20 bucks, um, and if you have EA access on, on the Xbox one, you get it for uh 10% less. Um, so if you do want to get this game, um, know that you're not going to get a great platforming platform puzzler. Um, but you will get a puzzler with a story that, uh, may unravel. You see what I did there into Aww. some, yeah, into, into something, um, meaningful and emotional, and that's what I'm hoping that I can get out of the game. Word, and that's that's a that's a cool way to kind of frame that because I think, you know, we we try to figure out how we're gonna consume some of this stuff, and we're oh, it's literally this has been the most like games fighting for space period that I've seen in a while. Yeah, right? yeah, and, yeah. And, seriously, and, yeah, and and it's and it's been kind of cool to and know I love that it. we yeah. we have. Yeah, it's kind of cool to know that we have this much choice of like good stuff that's happening. Um, and speaking of good stuff that's happening, I am going to start the conversation about Firewatch. I'm so Firewatch. hyped about Firewatch. Firewatch is fucking phenomenal. God damn. Yeah, I mean, damn. if you told me a game about being in Wyoming 
would be awesome. <laughs> I'd be like, unless it's like Assassin's Creed Wyoming <laughs> and has some really cool stealth mechanics, I probably wouldn't even think that. But this is a freaking game in Wyoming in the forest. <laughs> I, I mean, if okay, we so we talked about narrative kind of just like blowing you out of the water uh, with Oxenfree. This game has start. This game has one of the strongest starts of any game that I've seen on a narrative side in probably in most of the time that I've been gaming. And I and I can probably say that without without feeling like I'm blowing smoke. No, I, of Campo Campo Santo. I uh, agree it's their, pretty strong. Their collective butts. But it's 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 one of those things where and we're not going to give any spoilers away cuz it's too early. But this was one of those games that I felt dealt with real life shit in some ways that I haven't seen done in a long time. Just like through dialogue and through conversation and, and and through just like setting up the story to begin with, but you know, you got you guys can can kind of elaborate as well. Yeah, as yeah, man. Um, I do think you know. Um, I think that yes, the start was very powerful, um, and I like how it was kind of presented in a different way from the rest of the game. Um, I thought that was a very um, interesting choice that they made there, um, and actually, like when I list. When I listened to a Firewatch podcast over on IGN, um, but that they had on with the developers, they mentioned that they actually um, had an internal way that they used to track what the story was going to be, hmm. and then they ended up putting that in the game as how you start it. Wow, really? Um, so that kind of like is why it's so good, and it really puts you in the mind frame of the protagonist. Um, and it gives you some choice, but by the end of it, you're like, holy shit. Like mm-hmm. b- before you even do any, like before you even, you know, start walking around the forest, you're like, holy shit, you know? <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I mean, so, so yeah, so I, I really enjoyed that. Um, I really enjoyed the dialogue for a completely different reason from Oxenfree because in Oxenfree, you have this constant back and forth between was there five people i think in oxenfree right. yeah um mm-hmm. and like you can choose your companion at times so there's all different kinds of like stuff so that's more about sort of the back and forth banter whereas in like firewatch is more of a i i need to get to know this one person um and so i found that they were able to you know dive a lot deeper into the characters than say like an oxenfree could um and again the dialogue was just every time i felt like i was walking for too long without hearing something something else would come up mm-hmm. you know so it made me want to explore more because the exploring wasn't just me walking to silence right. um so i found all kind of cool stuff the visuals they also had a pretty i don't even know how to even explain the visuals it's sort of cartoony but not mm-hmm. like overly it, cartoony it's almost cell shaded yeah. Yeah, but but like I think it did did I think it did a better job of it than being like sort of a hyper realistic like sort of uh you know a um display of of like a forest. Um but yeah, I mean so like it's this deep dive in, into a character. Um I thought, you know, l- like Oxenfree very satisfying beginning, middle and end to where when you finish the game, like you feel like, you know, you just kind of share an experience with this character. Um, and 
to me now now I liked Oxenfree's music. I loved Firewatch's music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Firewatch, like they just hit all the they hit the emotional points when they needed to using the themes. Yep. Um, and yeah, I mean, I tweeted this out, but like I was like, is it weird that I feel like I've played two of the best voice acting and music games ever in the same weekend? Right, <laughs> right. and it's not not by not because you intended to play them. It's because they just were released at the same yeah, time. Yeah, they just happened to be like released, right. and like I had the time to play them. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would say don't get put off by the game because I mean it is a first person game, and I know that some people you know are not fans of that genre. Um, don't be put off by the fact that it's in first person because. If you enjoy dialogue and exploration in in like any um, form, I think that this game could potentially hit a strong um, note with you. Um, yeah, because it definitely did f- for me. Wow. Yeah. I, it was – go ahead, see. Um, yeah, so I haven't played the game yet uh, partially because I've already I've already lived the game. Um, for those of, for those of you who <laughs> are you in a watchtower right now, right? Yeah. Is so there, for is there internet you, in Wyoming? For, for those of you who don't know, um, in a in a former life, I work for the U.S. Forest Service. I worked in the national forest. I walked around a lot um, in the national forest, and and one of the things that I had to look out for was uh, potential forest fire hazards. Um, so and I, I haven't, yeah, so I've downloaded the game. I've yet to play the game. I'm really excited to play the game. So I don't know what the game is about, about besides the fact that mm-hmm. there are two people in the game and they talk to each other and that kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, I lived it. It's, you know, that's, Only it's a, it's a story of my life. Not have forest. Right. Life. Exactly. Hey man, that was, that was my patron saint, man. It was, uh. You know, you know, Smokey was definitely Smokey, setting Smokey fires, the man. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. You can't be named Smokey and not set fires. <laughs> right. Either either on the end of a blunt right, or right. on well, a tree. Maybe that's Two what, of those fires listen, are happening. He always sounded real slow. You, you know, he sounded like he was telling with Snuffleupagus. So, uh, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe he was Smokey for for <laughs> the, the, the first reason and not the second. Um, but, but Sorry to all the Snuffleupaguses out there. Hey, 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 bird. Um so <laughs> 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 so um I I I I'm really 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 looking forward to um playing this game and and experiencing it uh, especially again for what I said before which is the fact that I can finish this game in one sitting really enjoy myself and then go about my, you know, go about the rest of the day. Like I can go, I can start playing this game and then finish and still be able to do other things throughout the course of the day. Uh, because it's, because it's, it's, you know, in the, in the scheme of things relatively short at four or five hours. Um, right. Um, but in, but what happens within that experience, what happens within that time frame, um, seems to be really, really dynamic and, and, uh, and and you know and and memorable so i'm i'm really really excited to uh, have a chance to play that and relive my some of my uh forest service memories 
<laughs> of you being in a, that just sounded weird. You right. just relive my forest service. <laughs> hey, I mean it's a it's a real thing, man. I was a soil like scientist one time when I saw that sycamore. Mm. We mm. did not have sycamores. <laughs> we didn't have sycamore trees. We had ponderosa uh, pines. I feel like Sycamore like would be a dope rap name. Yes. Like, like, Why has no one used Sycamore Like I just yet? dress up as a tree. <laughs> and just, <laughs> just rap about Leaves. sass you know, and resin. Right. You know what would be better? Yeah, yeah I'm a sapper, than, son. Wow. Hardcore you know sapper. Sycamore? Young Sycamore. Young Sycamore. Little Sycamore. Little Sycamore. Little Sycamore. Little Sycamore. That'll be even better. My rap name would be Weeping Willow. All right, go ahead. Jesus. All my shrubs out there, what up? What up? Oh, man. Yo, this is Tumbleweed coming out of Arizona. It's... Kind of to echo what, what Reeves said. I kind of it's basically ditto on everything that he said. I think that the beauty of that, the, actually, the one point that I want to kind of get into is just the kind of innovation that they decided to kind of add to their game. Things that things are like that are um, uh, just just things that they put into the game that you wouldn't have expected them to do. So, like on the PC side, you you the, there is. I don't think this is a kind of a spoiler, but it's not really a spoiler because people have talked about it in the in the uh-uh. the press already. The fact that you get this um, disposable camera in the game, mm-hmm. and on the PC side, you get the pictures that you take uh, with your disposable camera, you can have those printed out and yes. sent to you uh, as as a, like a, a kind of throwback to the game itself, which I think is really cool. Um, but I think there was one conversation that I found that was a little bit not necessarily problematic, but annoying it was that because of the game's length, people were just like and because of the kind of title of it's a walking simulator that people were saying this game shouldn't have been worth the money that it was. And it was it, it was retailed at 20 bucks, right. if I'm not mistaken. Right. And and people were like, this game, because it was a walking simulator, didn't deserve to be worth twenty dollars. Somebody, some random cat, wrote an article that made me really mad and broke it down. It was like, well, I played like four 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 hours or so. It was like a four hour game and like five dollars an hour. What kind of what kind of that's too much money? And I was like, you're a crackhead. You're a crackhead. I'm sorry, but yeah. you're a crackhead. Like like to, to break down a narrative based game like that in this way. That was done really well. You can see that the, the folks from Campus Santo like took a lot of time and effort and and thought and love into that game. And then you're gonna kind of belittle it by saying it's not worth twenty bucks, twenty dollars? Really? Right, right. Are you bugging out? That's how entitled right. some people are nowadays. Yeah. I mean, they want to break an experience into this like hourly rate of gaming, yeah. which is stupid. Right. Yeah. No I mean, art form is like that. You know what I'm no, saying? No, I, 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 I only looked at the Mona Lisa for uh, two minutes. Right, man. Right, <laughs> I need my twelve dollars back. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Basically, right. So it's like, yeah, and the way that they handle that, Jane, uh, Jane from the studio, um, she had a, a wonderful response to a person who kind of wrote right. about that same uh, incident, and she, she, she handled that masterfully that was that was like amazingly yeah. well done the mm-hmm. way that she had that conversation with that person who was like i want a refund for my game because i didn't feel like the ending was good right and it was too short i was like what right you're bugging well and you know what the the really the, the funny thing about that specific one was that the the person who was writing the blog post enjoyed the game 
really enjoyed mm-hmm. the game yeah and mm-hmm. and and felt positive about the studio but just yep. felt like the the time spent with the game wasn't enough to warrant his time and and you know the reason is because it was on the steam boards the steam refund boards where mm-hmm. people make justifications for asking steam for refunds if they fall within the refund parameters and and so he was making his justification and and asking the you know asking the community if he should ask ask for a refund because the right. game um he was able to complete the game within the required time but he really enjoyed it and really enjoyed the the studio so it was just it was a really it was a head scratching um instance for me where someone said, hey, I loved your work. <laughs> it was really good. It's like, you know, a chef makes you a, uh, makes you a meal and it's four bites. And, you know, like it's, it's a delicious four bites. But you're like, eh, you know, I paid $10 for that, for, for those four bites. Um, they were great. But I should have had more bites because it was $10. <laughs> like you know, I mean that's ridiculous. It's, and it was a twenty dollar game. It right. wasn't like it was a sixty dollar game. Right. I was like, stop walling right. out. Stop walling. That out. you know what though that that it is a it's it's maybe a futile exercise, but but indulge me um, for a second. If Firewatch was a sixty dollar game, would you still feel mm. the same way about the game that you do now? Yes. Reef? I would. I know I would. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't like. Yes, price will sometimes prevent me from getting a game. Right. Like I really went back and forth on the witness, um, because of the price of it. Right. But once I get it, if I have a good experience with it, the price is immaterial. Okay. Okay. Word. All right. You well. know, but 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 like this was a person that got it and enjoyed it. Right. So right. Right. Yeah. So it was, it, I mean, it was it was. It was weird on all fronts, and it's it's definitely something that uh, you know, as a community, uh, we need to we, we need to really kind of investigate and and think critically about and and be kind of self reflective about um, the goal that we have as a community to say that I really enjoyed this this work that you've done. But because of some arbitrary reason, I feel justified in in asking for my money back or saying to you that I'm not going to pre-order it for some, you know, because uh, some other people are getting to play it um, or or any of the other really kind of callously ridiculous things that or rationales that people have come up with to justify how they feel or why they're doing a certain thing within this space. And it, and and it only, it only really happens in this space and in the political arena. Um, So maybe, (laughs) maybe there are a lot of, maybe there are a lot of people that are fans of politics that are also fans of video games. Um, Oh, maybe, (laughs) maybe, maybe. So, so our last uh, game of the show that we're going to be talking about for episode 99, oh snap, um, is the Division Beta. Uh, so the Division Beta came out. Uh, we had the Alpha that came out previously. Now we have the Beta that's come out. 
and I know that I've been playing it. I think C has been playing some of that. I know Reef has definitely been playing that because he's been shouting stuff at me over the phone. <laughs> uh, just random stuff. He looks at blue things on the ground and he runs to pick them up. Um, <laughs> but, right. I, but I definitely want to hear uh, some sentiments uh, from both of you about what you are feeling on this version of the pre-actual game coming out. So, so uh, let's see. Reef, you go first. I'm very, very excited. Um, it takes me a lot these days to get excited, especially for a um, Ubisoft game or an EA game, like these kind of big companies. I, my focus usually is on, you know, either the quirky kind of like Nintendo stuff or the smaller stuff that usually comes out of indies. So when they said, okay, another Tom Clancy hyper realistic like military shooter, I was like, whatever. You know, um, like, 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 seriously, I mean, that was my response was, OK, you know, I mean, it's another one. That'll be that'll be great. I'm sure. Um, and after I played the closed beta, I really did fall in love with, you know, with the multiplayer version of the game. I mean, the mission that they had back in the closed beta, I didn't think was that great, um, Especially because, you know, every enemy in the game, including people in the mission, were all black people with hoodies on. Um, mm-hmm. Well, well I, I, I actually, actually, no, there were some named villains right. um, that were different. And, and there actually were a few um, female NPCs that were enemies as well. Very few, but occasionally, like, you hear their voice kind of patterned in with, with, with the other enemies. Um and so in the open beta, you know, which um, ends, you know, like like on the uh, on the twenty uh, second, um, the mission that they gave there, I think, is so much better than the mission they had in the closed beta. It's basically like you're going underground through the subways, and there's a lot of flame throwing. There's a lot of awesome lighting. Um, there's some other things other than shooting. Like you kind of have to like move some like relay boxes around. Um, so it really has a lot of those aspects that I prefer in my sort of coordinated co-op games. That's not just like shooting people with hoodies. Um, so I saw, you know, so I did see more of this other faction, like the cleaners than I did in the original game. I mean, in in the original closed beta. Um, And because there are a lot more factions out there, I have more confidence now that Ubi is going to deliver experiences that have focus on different factions that, you know, have different sort of um, like mechanics in those fights. Um, Hopefully they can get something to the complexity of, say, like some of the later Destiny raids in terms of the, 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 the mechanics that they have that aren't just shooting. Um, that's a hope, though, because I don't know if this is the kind of game that will have that, but I would definitely want that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, like they've shown more of the game, and I've continued to really, really love it. Um, and the servers have been pretty outstanding. I mean, this is a game where you have to be logged on the entire time. So I thought, especially it being a beta, that, that there would be many more outages um, mm. and resets and things like that during the beta period. And I haven't experienced that much at all. I mean, there's definitely been some lag sometimes and that, and that kind of thing, but nothing above the level that kind of I would expect from a modern game. So I think that they're really nailing it. 
on the technical side, and that's really going to make or break this this game. Um, especially be, because so much of the multiplayer stuff in the dark zone, like if people were dropping in and out of the dark zone or lagging, it would be, you know, it would really screw up the whole sort of shared world aspect of the game. Um, I don't really have much to, new to add for the dark zone. It's pretty much the same as the closed beta. But I just mm-hmm. wanted to reiterate that it brings all the stuff that I love about watching people play games like Daisy and H1. Z1, which is like sort of like that feeling of walking up to somebody, not knowing what their motivations are, maybe running away or like talking to them during the open chat. It's really about psychological warfare. I mean, like sometimes you might talk to somebody all nice and then shoot them in the back. Sometimes you might <laughs> ally with them. Sometimes you might just, just, just say, hey, like these three guys are nice, but I, it's just me, so I'm running away. Right. You know, right, like right, right. so. There's all these interesting little tidbits which are really about, you know, being a person in this world. Even if you have a big team, like you could still get taken out. You know, so um, I really, really continue to love the Dark Zone, um, and yeah, I'm, I can't wait for this game to drop. See, yeah, so. Um all of the things that Reef just said, but the other thing that I want to say is that uh, there is I'm I'm so impressed by a lot of the visuals in this game, um, even even on and I've been playing so far on the Xbox one and I've made a decision um, that not only will I get the game on the Xbox one, but I'll also be getting it on the PlayStation four so I can play it with uh, my entire complement of, of console friends. Um, but uh, the, the visual fidelity. So, so Ubisoft has a, there's a, a certain graphical DNA that is shared be, be, um, amongst all of their epic open world action adventure games. Um, that really, really kind of you can look at it at a glance and say, oh, that's a Ubisoft game. Um, this game definitely shares part of that DNA. But unlike a game like Watch Dogs, um, there is there is a level of care and, and attention to detail that's here that just that you really haven't seen before in a game that was stylized in this way. Um, there are there are times when so the game takes place around uh, it's definitely in the wintertime in New York City just after Black Friday. So, you know, we're talking like the late uh, late November, early December, Christmas time. Uh, there are times where you play the game and it's snowing and there's a fog that kind of rolls in with the snow and visibility really shoots down um, the lighting effects are really really good where they'll you know they can have a positive and or negative effect on on how you approach or attack enemies um and and then there are particle effects and just kind of like fire effects where you can throw a, a a grenade and it will you know set things on fire or if you could um, explode a gas can and those effects are you know those are really good even in the beta and I'm not sure what version graphical version of the build that we're getting right now in the open beta but they they look really really good I'm very very impressed by them um, the other thing that that I'm impressed by is and this is something that 
you can really kind of understand now in the open beta, less so in the in the closed beta, because there were a lot of things that were closed off, which is that you can really start to see how strategic the game is. That uh, as you go as you go off go further in the single player missions, there are different wings of your base of operations that you can unlock, and that will give you access to different perks and skills that you can further personalize. And so you can have a guy, you can have a someone on your squad who has the scanning perk available that. It sends out a pulse and it and it finds the enemies, you know, in the area. But you can find the enemies in the area and give yourself an XP boost for everyone that you find. It can make you invisible to other pulses. It can do all of these different things um, that that you, you know, you didn't see. But you can mix and match those things with your other teammates so that you could really become a powerful set of group, you know, set of uh, of uh, a powerful squad, even with everyone having the exact same skills equipped if they have them, you if they use them in very different ways. Um, I'm really, really excited by that. And I can't wait to uh, see how that is further implemented when we have full access to the game on March 8th. Yeah, it's, I, you know, ditto on both of the things that you both said. But I, I another thing I want to add is the the kind of, you know, we've hit the, the gameplay elements and the strategic things. You hit some of the strategic things and some of the graphical things. I think the biggest thing that's going to be the, 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 the thing that's going to be crazy about this game is the audio stuff mm. that they're going to, that they've already implemented. Um, I think this will be the first game that is really going to make people in the console space get out of party chat. Right. Especially if you are running without a crew because that proximity voice is going to be so integral to you kind of learning how to maneuver a space and team up with people or run away from people or, you know, kind of let people know that you're not hostile. Not in the same because, you know, in the, in the ways they on uh, Grand Theft Auto. Uh, everyone was kind of considered hostile because you just everyone was trying to gun you down for everything. But right. now with the way the dark zone kind of works is, you know, you have to kind of make alliances sometimes when you don't really want to just to get through a situation alive. Yep. And I think proximity voice is going to be something that's going to be really huge. Uh, we see it in the PC space, and I think the PC space has it really uh, kind of locked down right now. Uh, watching Reef play it and, and other stuff like that where you get it with randoms and it'll just be fine because you can talk to them and they'll hear you. Um, but this is going to be fun to see how that works out. We were talking about it before the cast about like uh, we know the old old school hood calls. Uh, right. <laughs> I know I had one in my neighborhood uh, when you wanted to go get someone you were about to come to their crib and you're like ooh ooh and they were like <laughs> you'd hear it back somewhere down down the hallway or you hear it down from, from someone in the, in the, in the PJs down from, their, from their window. I was like, that would be amazing to have these new kinds of languages that, that differentiate you from being friend and foe uh, that we'll hear uh, kind of come out. Like, I wonder if there's going to be some things where folks who are teamed up who have, uh, who have different language barriers or different languages that they can speak in their own languages and then have that as a tactical advantage from, from, from oh, you as a person who awesome. doesn't hear it. You know what I mean? Like, stuff like that yeah. is going to be the, the cool bits of how this game works. 
um, because you're going to have to negotiate those spaces in very different ways to kind of get your loot out alive um, and do all that stuff without going rogue. So I'm hoping, you know, gameplay, the things that didn't didn't kind of come across the, the brains of the developers we're going to kind of bubble up to the top in new ways that we hadn't seen before. So Yeah, and, and, and I really don't want to underestimate that technical part because not only have the servers been up, but they've really uh, implemented some new stuff with the matchmaking in the new beta. Mm-hmm. Um, now you can basically matchmake for missions, dark zone, or just free roam. Right. Oh, nice. So, so you can easily, if you want to just roll up with a straight party and just do something, even if you don't have people that you're jumping in the game with that you already know, you can do that mm. so easily, and in the dark zone, as we've talked about, you can use the, the the proximity chat to form parties on the go, either temporarily or small ones, big ones, split up, run away, go rogue. Like you just have all these cool little options that I feel like mimic really what the story is trying to say about this kind of wild westland where like right. we don't want to worry about because it's ground zero for the virus and. That kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So yeah, I I, th- I think it works extremely well. Really quickly before before we jump up out of here and start doing social media business and all the other good stuff, any anecdotal stories that you two have had a kind of had during your time with the beta that you wanted to share? Uh, yeah, sure. I, so um, one that's happened to me is uh, just what Reef was just kind of talking about was uh, as you know, I'm I'm in the dark zone by myself. Uh, roll up on these two dudes as I'm in the game chat. Um, they start talking, I start talking, and I'm like, hey, look, um, I see you guys are a little bit lower level. We can squat up and we can run We can run through here and do some stuff. And, and that's exactly what we did. And we had a great time and I made some new friends. Um, another uh, quick story is I had a couple of friends a few days ago that were uh, playing. And then they, in conjunction with another squad of people, hunted down some uh, rogue agents that were um, available in the manhunt, which is another thing that is amazing seeing all of these people run after chase after these uh, rogue player <laughs> yeah. characters. Yeah. Um, great. Yeah. And, and um, so they, they were like, Oh, Hey, do you guys want to kind of, you know, join our party uh, our you know, in our party chat, and we can have this massive squad where we're just running around protecting each other and keeping ourselves safe. So the one guy from the game chat said, okay, let me go and talk to my friends about it. And he jumped into party chat with his friends and then they surrounded my friends and, (laughs) and summarily went, attempted to gun them down. They got one of them. Definitely. Um, but, but the other three were kind of, they kind of smelled what was coming around in the air, but they, you know, but they quickly circled them in, in, you know, they pulled the okie doke real, you know, hardcore, which is part of the beauty of the game, you know, that, Mm -hmm. that these types of alliances seem like they can be made, but are, you know, but are always tenuous, um mm-hmm. and 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 I I really I'm really excited to uh see that stuff play out in a real way uh when the game releases on March 8th. Brief. Yeah, I think w- one thing that happened to me actually right before I got on the show was um I was trying to take down a bunch of these NPCs in the dark zone by myself. Oh boy. Um and I got sniped and this one guy with the little golf, with the little golf uh, thing, right. was was like <laughs> running toward me from really far away. 
He was like, oh, <laughs> it was. He was like running from super far away. I was just laying down. He was like basically almost right next to me, and then all of a sudden he just an explosion. He just flies like literally halfway across the map, and I look back, and there's literally eight like seven or eight division agents <laughs> rolling through the dude he, he like rev- he like revived me and the guy was like duh, 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 duh. <laughs> and we all just mopped up all the npcs like really fast and we're just like talking in weird like superhero talks to like each other and then we just oh, bounce that's so good and, and, and it's like a simple thing but I don't know. It just really feels like that promise of like, you know, not knowing when people are going to come to either help you or like harm you. Right. And it was just a really cool moment. Right. That's so, that. So did, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I, just really quickly, I just want to say that that is the difference between this game and the other D game destiny, which is you have mm-hmm. similar moments like that. You had similar moments like that in destiny where you're, you know, you're fighting this thing out in the open, someone comes and helps you, and then they jump on their speeder and they and they their sparrow and they they scoot away. The difference here is when that person comes now, you don't know if that person's gonna help you or hurt you, mm-hmm. and that's and that's great about the division. That's an extra yeah. nice yeah. little extra twist. Yeah, I was gonna say that the division is basically oxen free with guns. So <laughs> <laughs> There's no radio. Lots of, lots of good. Lots of good dialogue. Your voice is your radio, and maybe some crazy shit will happen. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, before we get up out of here, we have to give a huge shout out to our sponsor for this week, Comic Bento. Yes. Uh, if you if you are looking for some good comic books in your life, they will send you uh, a box of comics every month. Uh, you can definitely get uh, a discount on that if you put in the word spawn at checkout. You get five bucks off your first month. Uh, and you can definitely enjoy some good comic book goodness there. So huge shout out to the folks at Comic Bento again for sponsoring Spawn on Me and all the shows across the ESN network. Um, and C, I know that. Oh, 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 really quickly before we get social media business, huge shout out to uh, our winners of our Paragon hoodie contest. Uh, Want to give a shout out to Raphael, to Nick, and to Johnny uh, for for getting on Instagram and answering that question about our Media Molecule episode. So shout out to you three, and your hoodies will be in the mail shortly. We have to send that out to Epic so they can send that out to you. Uh, so again, thanks for participating and listening to the show. They all said that they love the show, which is awesome. So Great. see uh, if you can give the social media business. We will get up out of here for episode nine. Yeah, I I have one thing as well. Before everybody's got some shit. <laughs> one more thing. Yeah is um so the kickstarter for the uh off world compilation book um yes. by that lee alexander and laura hudson put together a various articles from offworld.com over the past year including my article how hip-hop can teach you to code the kickstarter ends on march 4th um we have blown away the goal to actually get the book made but um every little bit helps um because both 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 more money goes back to the contributors um and it's just a good way to say bye to a dope site um so it's like 15 bucks for the ebook and 40 bucks for the big hard copy so definitely check that out and throw some bucks there um if you go to kickstarter and search for off world um then that should show up so right word yeah see 
Oh, one more thing. Well, now, now you now you can do it. Right. One more thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. So social media <laughs> business is as follows. Uh, to follow the show on Twitter, you can go to at Spawn on Me. Follow our great captain. He is at Kajakins. Uh, Sharif Jackson is at Sharif Jackson on all social media platforms. And me, the fumbler, bumbler, stumbler of words. I am at Stubby Stan. Uh, make sure you uh, check out the show on iTunes and Stitcher and NPR One and uh, Player FM and all the great places where you can find uh, your podcast. If you want to check out uh, the site, you can go to spawnon.me. Uh, while you're on Kickstarter and you're checking out that project um, and you want to help support dope people doing dope work, you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash spawn on me. Additionally, additionally, um, I just want to send this out. Um, this is episode 99. Next week is 100. If you guys have any nice little things or even shitty little things that you want to say to us um, so that <laughs> nice we could so that we could possibly play it in our uh, 100th episode um, that's because it's you know it's quite a big milestone um, make sure you guys go to our speakpipe page speakpipe.com slash spawn on me to uh, leave us a quick little message you can even do it from your phone um, so uh, yeah check us out and that would be a dope and uh, if you want to send us an email, you can go to spawn on me podcast at gmail.com. Absolutely. Um, thank you for that. C and thank you to everyone out in Bricago for, uh, again, sharing all the shows and giving us so much love again. Thank you for giving us love on that, uh, YouTube video that I, that I put up for Paragon. Um, I'm starting to get back into some video editing and stuff like that. So please give feedback and stuff on that. Uh, so we can get better on that. And uh, we hopefully we'll be doing some more of that kind of stuff in the future. So, uh, subscribe and like all that stuff over there. And uh, our Instagram stuff as well. Jump on that. We are, I've been sharing some cool stuff um, uh, from the account um, while I'm out in the world. So uh, definitely check all those things out. So uh, we will see you here back next week for episode 100. Wow, yeah. man. Yes. Crazy. Yeah. C notes. Crazy. Yes, Benji. Right. C notes, baby. Benji's and C notes. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, we love you all, Bricago. We will see you all next week, and we will say peace. 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 peace.